New season, new format. My name is Lisa Renee Hall, and I help highly sensitive people and deep feelers explore unconscious biases so that they stand on the side of justice and protect their energy while becoming a better ancestor. I am hiking right now on a trail in the beautiful outdoors. We're still in the midst of pandemic living, but thank God the trails are still open. So, the first season of uh, the Inner Field Trip podcast, I interviewed some really interesting people, people I admire, and especially individuals who use a more contemplative and reflective approach in their work. And so it was important to me to bring those voices to you if you want to get highlights of who those individuals are, just tune in to episode 13 from season one. But now we enter into a new season of the Inner Field Trip podcast. I've had a time to reflect on what works and what doesn't when it comes to the podcasting genre. As I shared in the very first episode in season one, I was a podcaster a very long time ago. I wrote a book called Podcasting for uh, sorry, Podcasting for Profit. And that was published with a traditional publisher. It was such an exciting and fun time for me. I had always wanted to publish a book, and it was nice to have my very first book published by a traditional publisher through a traditional means. But once that book came out, the podcasting genre had changed to the point where nobody was teaching it, nobody wanted to touch it. <laughs> and at the time, this is like 2007, 2008, 2009, podcasting was actually still really difficult to find, to produce, and to publish. And so many early adopters of the podcasting genre found that they spent so much time teaching people what podcasting is instead of just doing the craft. So it's been a delight to see the genre mature in many ways over the last decade or so. And with excitement, I jumped right back into podcasting. One of the things I realized, however, is that I was ill-prepared for the amount of time that it would take to get a podcast going. I was underprepared for the scope and the amount of manpower and people power and money that it would cost me in order to produce the episodes. Now, one thing I love about the interviews I did is the interviewing. I love that. I loved getting on the phone with my friends and colleagues and getting to know more about their work, getting to know more about them. I rather enjoyed that. And I would then, once the interview was over, I would upload the interview into a transcription service. And if you want to know 
what that is and all the resources I mentioned, you can go to www.innerfieldtrip.com and search for this episode, which will be episode 14. What you're hearing are my feet. I'm doing a winter hike. I'm wearing crampons. If you don't know what those are, Google it. These are just wise inventions and allows me to traverse these slippery, snowy trails by giving me a firm footing. So that's what you're hearing as I walk. And I'll tell you why I've made the decision to, to do it this way in just a moment. But So what I would do is I would do the interview upload the interview into a transcription service, get the audio transcribed, and then my production team would take over. The transcription was important because it allowed me to highlight the parts of the interview that needed to be deleted. It's a beautiful process. Because to have to listen to an hour-long audio to figure out what needed to be dumped, deleted, removed. I mean, that would just drive up the amount of time it would take to do the podcast. So my podcast production team, if you want to know who they are, again, go to www.innerfieldtrip.com. Search for episode 14, and you'll find all that information there. But it was a beautiful, a seamless part of the process. And I was, I was able to highlight, and then what I do is download the transcript in a doc, in a doc document, <laughs> and upload it to our shared drive, where I'd then highlight what needed to be taken out. And I mean, that, would, that was something I had to do. I had to listen to do that. I don't think that would be, I don't think that's the part of the process I could have even outsourced. I'm the one who sat with the expert, the guest, the interview subject. I know what happened in the call. I know what agreements we made. And so it was important for me to be able to go through and remove what needed to be removed. And then my production team took over. And what they would do is they would do whatever they do in the background. If you do work with a podcast production team, you're going to have to give at least three or four episodes for you and your team to find your flow. They're not going to get it right, right off the bat. So for me, there were, you know, I was listening to the episode and I'd want the intro music to start at a certain point and the outro music and transition, you know, so I had to get into my flow. Hello. Hello. And so if you do work with a team, three, four episodes before you start to get into your rhythm. And so once we did, it was just seamless from there. To stay on top of all the tasks, we use a task management system. There's so many out there. I don't have a preference. 
And so if you can find a task management software or an app, if you're already using one, that's the best way to do it because <laughs> with the very first episode, we were going back and forth over email trying to get things set up. And me, my director of ops, and the project manager and the podcasting team, podcast production team, we all I had we all had three different dates as to when the first episode was gonna go live. And <laughs> it was terrible. So as soon as I saw the mix-up, I said, okay, no, no, we've got to get out of email. Email is a horrible way to manage tasks and projects. So the production team, it was about a week turnaround, would send the file back to me. And my director of ops would be staying on top of tasks. We had to get some graphics done to support the podcast episode. We used uh, audio trailers or audiograms. And there's a service that I use. Again, it's in the show notes for this episode at innerfieldtrip.com. And we use that in order to provide a trailer for the podcast episode. So when we uploaded to our socials, it gave a less than 30 second clip of a highlight from the episode to get people interested. So graphics had to be designed for that. Then we had patrons providing audio and video testimonials as to how impactful the work or how impactful going on inner field trips have been for them. So we need to create a graphic for that. <sighs> what else? <laughs> and then we had to create content for the podcast episode. So, you know, it's not just creating a, a headline for the podcast episode, but you also have to make sure it's designed in such a way so it piques someone's interest. And so that's where copywriting skills come in. So you're not just a content manager, but you have to come up with content that piques the interest and gets people to go, what, what's that? And so I have many years studying and writing headlines and, and bullet points, like what will you learn? Those have to be written in such a way to pique people's interest. It can't be just, what will you learn? You'll learn about unconscious bias. No, that's not interesting. What will you learn? The first bullet point should be something like, you learn the one thing you should never do when unpacking your unconscious biases. This tip, and you put in brackets, this tip saved Lisa or saved our guest $5,000. You know, so, so that's, that's the type of content you have to write and pull together. And so, because I had the skill, I did it. So I was doing graphics. I was doing copywriting. And then I had to assign everything out to everyone else so that my virtual assistant could publish the blog posts and schedule the Instagram posts. And so I went from, I went from a content creator, creating content, researching content, to a project manager where I was managing tasks and people. And by the seventh episode, I started to feel this deep irritation build inside of me. 
and it got to the point where I said, okay, well, I should hire someone to do the content, but I can't just hire anyone. Like, you know, writing content, as I said before, is one thing, but being a copywriter is what I needed. And so what I did is I documented my process. So what I wanted to outsource, I documented it using video. And as I was saving the videos, it was three video files, half an hour each. And by the time I reached the second one, I was just like, no, I can't, I, I just, I felt, I was sitting there and I could feel the tears of frustration welling up in my eyes. And I reached out to my director of ops and I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. I am spending, me, Lisa, spending eight to 10 hours a week on just one episode. And if you want to see the flow, I've also offered that document that you can take a peek at so that you're well aware of what goes into producing a really good podcast episode. And so, so I reached out to my director of ops. This was like episode seven or eight. And I said to her, I can't do this. Because what I started to evaluate is that not only would I now have to bring on someone to onboard them, teach them, and go through their mistakes for three or four episodes before we got into our rhythm, but at the end of the day, I didn't start the podcast so I can manage people and tasks. And it's like it's a, it's a little things that make that matter a lot. So, for example, I had to check the audiograms that my production team put together to make sure they were using our brand font. The first one was an aerial font. <laughs> no, 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 you have to use, you have to use Rallaway. And then there was one audiogram where my name was spelt incorrectly. So it took, like, it's like those little things that I shouldn't be wrapped up in. But because there's a brand that we put out into the marketplace, I had to double check everything that went out the door to make sure that my team was following the brand. But the more I got involved in the details, the more miserable I became. Because that's not my strength. My strength is not dealing with the details. I think I came the wrong way. <laughs> because this should have bent back already. I don't see purple marks on the trail anymore. I now see blue, which means I've, I'm now on the Bruce Trail, which is not my intention. But all roads lead to the road, so I'll be okay. And the other evaluation I did was here I was doing all this work just for a podcast. Hello. Hello. Doing this all for a podcast. So I had, I was spending a third of the income coming in on just getting the podcast episodes out the door each week. There were four people 
playing six roles just to get the podcast out the door each week. Or the episode, each episode out each week. And I was no longer creating content, which is my sweet spot. People don't come to me because I am such a great project manager, managing people in tasks. That's not why people find my work. Oh no, I'm going the right way. I recognize this. People aren't following my work because, oh, Lisa's a great project manager. Look at her. They follow my work because I do deep study and deep research into the ways in which our unconscious biases are holding us back from being being better ancestors. And I felt miserable. Because instead of being out here hiking each day, well, not each day, I don't go out every day. Let's be honest here, Lisa. But, you know, I'm out hiking two to three times a week, which is where my big ideas come from. Some of my best writing prompts are birthed out here when I'm in the woods. One of my ancestors come from an ethnic ethnic group in Cameroon called the Bangwa people. Bangwa. And when I did more research, there's not much that's out there about the Bangwa people, but what I did find, I found that they're forest dwellers. That they come from a place where there's lots of trees. And in fact, the area of Cameroon and Nigeria, where my ancestors, where the Bangwan people live, is filled with trees. And I made that connection as to why such deep, rich ideas come to me when I'm hiking in the woods. It's because even though I'm not on my indigenous lands, I am in a place that resembles where my ancestors have come from. And so when I cannot get out into the bush, when I cannot get on the trails and be amongst the trees, then ideas are not birthed. And it means I rob from not just my patrons who are funding my work, but I take away from those who discover me on socials, Instagram, YouTube, and to unpack their unconscious biases because I'm not putting my best work out in the world. I didn't have to share all that with my director of ops or anyone. But it's a deep knowing that came to me as I sat there at my desk about to cry out of frustration and irritation with my director of ops witnessing me and that's what she said why don't you just do what you were doing when you're hiking you record your thoughts just do that and then repurpose that as a podcast episode so that you reach people where they are That's what I've been doing. That's what I had been doing prior to 
launching the podcast series with curated interviews. Again, I love the interviews that I did. I love those that I speak, spoke with. They provided some tips that were just amazing. My patrons have been listening to the episodes. You can hear them too. They're now available in quite a number of podcast directories. So whichever is your favorite one, just search for Inner Field Trip and subscribe. So I loved it. But I had to return to what I do best. What I do best is not managing people and not managing tasks. What I do best is being in the environment that I need to be in, having the spontaneity necessary so I can go out and create content and research it. That's my sweet spot. That's what I love doing. And so the format of this podcast is changing. First, they'll be a little bit shorter, 15 minutes or less. Second, it'll be me speaking about things that can help you unpack your unconscious biases. From time to time, I will bring on a guest. When I do, there'll be us walking outside, on the trail, yammering about something that will help you unpack your unconscious biases. Yammering. (laughs) Yammering doesn't make it sound important. And I'm going to do less, less of the, the other thing too, is that by sharing highly produced curated conversations, it actually went against my one of my values, which is to be messy and to be a little bit unpolished. When I come out in the woods and hiking on the trails and I pop open my camera and I start filming, it's unpolished. It's a little bit messy. I don't even wear makeup. Maybe a little bit lipstick. That's it. And why? Simply because I need to And forgive the cliche, walk my walk and talk my talk. And so I thank my guests from season one. Had some wonderful conversations. Where does that green trail lead? I had some wonderful conversations. And I'm so glad because they have provided a source of encouragement, support, and comfort. For those who have heard the episodes and now going forward I'm going to step back on the production and step back on the curated conversations and return to what feels nourishing to me.
So step number one, I will be, what I will do is I will be recording the, recording my lesson or my teaching using my camera. It will be uploaded to YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and search for Inner Field Trip, you should find the channel. Subscribe. So if you want to see this visually, you can do it that way. Or you can go to innerfieldtrip.com and see what new episodes are there. Because after the video goes live on YouTube, the MP3 file will be stripped from that and then it will be published as a podcast episode. And it will still have the show resources or show notes. It'll still have the transcripts. It will still have the way to subscribe, of course. If you are a if you are a patron in my community, here's the good news. You will get premium episodes. And so the same feed, so so people will be able to get the public episodes and then there'll be premium episodes that will be only available to patrons. Some of those, um, those premium episodes include special teachings where I go a little bit deeper. Special episodes also include Yeah, so premium episodes include, once again, deeper teachings. Sometimes I'll do teachings for other people in their private communities. And so I often get their permission to be able to publish that teaching to patrons. And so that's something I'll be able to offer to you. There's one that I did for the Feminist Coach Academy, which was co-founded by a patron, one of my early patrons, Naomi Arnold, and it's called Bias in Coaching or something like that. I did it for their community and they decided that um, they're going to develop a new curriculum. So now I have a chance to share that with patrons. So if you're subscribed to this podcast and you're a patron, there's a way for you to get them. There's a way to get these premium episodes and you can search the Patreon support or the help section of Patreon to figure that out. We'll also post something inside the community on Patreon so that you can understand how to get your private private RSS feed as a patron. But some other premium episodes are sounds. The other day when I was hiking, I recorded my footsteps 
crunching across the ice and the snow. So I recorded about 20 minutes and I'm going to drop that on the premium as a premium episode on the patron only feed so that if you wanted something other than quiet music or other than music to provide ambient sound in your background as you do your stream of consciousness writing, then you'll be able to get those premium episodes. Other premium episodes that will be coming your way. Well, um, any, any special interviews that I've done, sometimes I edit. For the conversations I've had where I've edited it, those have those are on the cutting room floor. And so what I plan to do is anything that's on the cutting room floor that didn't make it publicly on the public feed, I'll share that with you. Kind of like backstage content. And I'll share that with you, patron, on the premium feed. Now, if you're listening, you're like, oh, that sounds exciting. Then I invite you to become a patron. If you go to www.innerfieldtrip.com, click on join the quest. And there you'll get more information on how you can become a patron. And that way you will not only get the writing prompts, but also be able to get the premium episodes as a subscriber. Oh, the other thing too, is we've got um, the writing prompts are going to be printed on cards and those will only be available to patrons. Patrons will gain access to that at least a number of months before everyone else. And so patrons have already seen what that looks like. They're pretty excited about it. And after we do our next inner field trip, the content will go live. Or sorry, the, um, the order page will go live for patrons only. And you'll get information on that if you're a patron. And of course, lastly, I don't know how many times I have to say patron. It's starting to... <laughs> it's like if she says patron again, I'm going to scream. But part of the reason why I'm inviting you into community with me isn't only because of the bonus content you get, but it's because people have said we, we have a Discord forum where we share ideas and people have said that in times of strife especially with family members they've come to the discord forum and that's where they've been able to connect with others who are doing this work and it's become a bomb to them especially in times when views are changing when you unpack your unconscious biases you no longer think the same way that you do did in the past and this can cause you to come into conflict with family members who are still thinking the same way and thinking those toxic thoughts. I'm going uphill right now. <clears throat> and so being in communion with others is the new community that you can find. Yeah, so I know how tough it can be to 
unpack. Some people are living in homes with conspiracy theorists, people who have suddenly become radicalized and descended into theories that are dangerous and unproven. And so having the community to rely on and lean into as you continue to unpack your unconscious biases and continue to release the toxic thoughts so that you're able to stand on the side of justice. That has been nothing but a bomb again. I love that word bomb. It's been a bomb to those who know that they have a community they can rely on in these tough and challenging times. And lastly, your continued support as a patron helps for all of this to continue. It helps me to be able to continue to provide community through the Discord forum. And again, you wouldn't be able to find it unless you're a patron in the community. Your continued support helps me to create the space so I can bring you writing prompts that help you to continue to unpack and explore your unconscious biases. And your continued support also means that the podcast can continue. Because even though I won't have to spend as much money and spend as much people hours producing and editing the episodes, it still does take time and money to make it happen. Equipment has to be bought. Hosting has to be paid for. I still need to pay my director of ops and my virtual assistant for their support so that I continue to focus on what I do best. And so having you means that this work can continue. And when you look, you may say $5 a month, $10 a month, what's that? That ain't nothing. And yes, you by yourself at $5 a month or $10 a month, yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot. But when you multiply that by hundreds and hundreds of people, it adds up. Some of the things I've also been doing is ensuring that those who can get this stuff get it. And that's why the podcast is important. That's why having that viral blog post still be available. That's why that's important. It's all important because free does cost something. And so if you had the financial means to do so, then being a patron and continuing your support, I do not take that lightly and I appreciate it, especially in these tough, challenging and uncertain times. So as I close, my message to you is yes, do your research before you start any project. But it's okay to change gears. If you've said yes to something, and as you're going through the day-to-day minutiae, the hour-by-hour minutiae, it's not working for you, you can change your mind. That is allowed. And instead, take a look at the lessons learned. Maybe you just need to change a few things here or there, or 
Perhaps you need to abandon it altogether. You are allowed to do so. And in a culture that we live in where mistakes are frowned upon, where errors are laughed at, just know that it's in getting messy that you find your true self. Stumble bravely. <laughs>